You're listening to StudiaCast, a podcast created because a few dedicated Studia shippers decided that canon just isn't enough. In order to quench our extreme thirst, we review and discuss the hidden gems of Studia fanfiction. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material while supporting talented authors. This is StudiaCast. Hello, welcome to a bonus episode of StudiaCast. Um, in this episode, I am humbled and blessed <laughs> to get to interview Brella, who is the author of this week's fandom-voted fic, Never Love a Wild Thing. Um, so my name is Rachel, and I am Rongasm on Tumblr, and I will be your host. I will be the moderator while Brella dazzles us with her amazingness. <laughs> Uh, while Brella cries in a corner about the way Styles and Lydia look at each other for too long. <laughs> oh, I know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they hold each other's gazes, and I'm like, if you look away right now, I swear I will punch a wall. <laughs> right? I'm just like, okay, I know that this episode is probably going to be like at least, you know, 20 minutes of like craziness, and then like if the other 20 minutes could just be them staring at each other, I would consider this a win. Like, that would be okay with me. <laughs> Personally, I really think that what Team Wolf needs to do is just have, like, pack pizza parties. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. But these kids need it, too. They just need to have, like, a nice night just chilling out, having lots of pizza. Like, right? That would- <laughs> I mean, everyone deserves pizza, but I would argue that, like, Scott McCall deserves pizza the most. Oh, he is extremely high on the list of, like, people in this universe who deserve pizza. Like, he should get priority, for sure, for everything he's done. I really thought you were going to say pregnant, and I was like, what oh a fantastic God. turn of events, M-Preg, Scott McCall. be like, wow, just, like, I haven't been keeping up with Teen Wolf, but, like, is that a viable thing that happens in season five? Like, what have I missed? Look, <laughs> oh my now God. there's M-Preg and Teen Wolf, all right, uh, sure. Why even, the hell not? Even if, like, it's Styles and Lydia got him pregnant, I would leave <laughs> the second Emperor happened in canon. <laughs> Same. I would just be like, nope. nope. Goodbye. This was fun for three years. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the memories. So do you have a favorite um, Styles and Lydia, like, gaze since we began this conversation by talking about their gazes? Oh my goodness, there are so many in my vast mental catalog of Styles and Lydia gazes, but honestly, um, the one, I can't remember the episode number now, but um, the one where he tells her that, you know, he would spend all night searching through through the school just to, like, find, I can't remember what they were looking for. Uh, Yeah, so that (laughs) is season three, episode 15, Galvanize. There we go, thank you. Um, I, I just remember him, like, tenderly looping that thread around her fingers and just the way that she looks at him with like such wonder and such happiness just after like so many seasons of people telling her that she was crazy and people ignoring her back when she was dealing with the Peter thing and everything or just assuming that she was like you know a crazy banshee lady it's just like just hearing somebody say those words to her you can see how much it affects her and the fact that it styles is just even better, like, it's come all the way from, you know, when she's sitting alone crying in a car and he makes her feel beautiful even when she's vulnerable and scared to this. And he's just doing that all over again, but there's been so much more growing between those two points. And you can see all of it just culminate in the way that she looks at him and his gaze, like, lingers on her afterwards. And it's just like, bury me alive, please. It would be better than this. Like... (laughs) I would also argue that, um, 
I really think that he could have kissed her in that scene because I think that she had really started to feel something for him at that point in the series. And for me, that's like one of the most incredible things about Stidia is that um, Styles has this total lack of awareness of the fact that he's like making this girl fall in love with him. And it's not because of anything like that. It's not because like, sex or his looks or anything like that. It's just, like, this whole package of a person who treats her well and who she respects. And the fact that she can be attracted to someone for those reasons, like, because he's intelligent, because he treats her well, so beautifully shows the development of Lydia as a person. Yes. Like, that's what I love about the ship, too, because Lydia is, like, probably easily my favorite character on that show. And just to see how her development runs parallel to the development of her relationship with Styles, like first and foremost as a friendship, but eventually as something romantic. It's just like I've I've never been one to call the writing in Teen Wolf like really really good, but that is one of the best things that it does. It's just like it makes that so organic, you know. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I um I really feel like City has Lydia's story in so many ways. I know that most of the songs we get are from Styles' point of view, and a lot of the scenes are about Styles, but they're not actually. They're about Lydia in a million yeah. ways. I love that. Me too. It's just like the way that she gets examined and exalted, and just ah, I'm like, I love it. It's it's so good. Just like and the like, fact that season one Lydia is the same Lydia that gets rescued by Styles in 5B, but they've gone right. so far. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> I'm getting heart palpitations just thinking about it. <laughs> I, may be, I may be dead by the end of this podcast. That's very much a thing that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> just like digging all of these ancient emotions out of myself after I beat them back into the dark for so long and now I'm just like oh okay death has come for me thanks <laughs> I would argue that Teen Wolf is the darkness and you have been in the light <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god I wouldn't go that far I've maybe been like a single like Christmas light but one that's like kind of old so it's flickering a little bit and it might set fire to the tree if you leave it on for too long but like it's still there and it's a cool color so you know oh my gosh <laughs> that is the probably the greatest metaphor of all time but <laughs> I'm not surprised because it's you. So oh <laughs> you've well, probably shucks. you've probably written all my favorite metaphors of all time. Oh <laughs> I'm glad because writing those metaphors was basically what I did to put off the college homework that I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> I'm glad that they served some use beyond I, just procrastination. <laughs> no, I think that um, your fix are probably some of the most beloved by the entire city of fandom there i know that they're some of the first city of fics that i ever read and they really inspired me to like write more and um oh my god i i hope i can't even go into i can't go into this um but they were <laughs> they were wrecked to me um a couple years ago probably pretty soon after you wrote them and um i didn't see it coming but i was changed after that oh my god <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, thank you. It's like crazy to me, like when I hear about these kinds of stories, because I'm like, um, I just wrote this because I was so overwhelmed with emotion about the fact that like Lydia unconsciously holds Styles' hand when they walk somewhere together now that I spat out like eight thousand words of fan fiction, and now people are like, oh my god, that fic changed my life, and that fic was like really amazing, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> 
It's funny how life works out sometimes. <laughs> it is, but um, I think that the reason that people say this fic changed my life so much is because you have this understanding of the characters that is really, like, organic to who they are and how they interact. Um, I love the way you write styles, and I especially love the way you write Lydia, um... And I was wondering if you wanted to, like, talk a little bit about what you think of, like, how you write them. I don't know if that's, like, a little strange, but you have... Th- I'm talking, like, dialogue. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what is oh, your... Favorite. How do you approach the dialogue between them? Because it's so boom, 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 and I think it's incredibly impressive. Oh, thank you. Um, a dialogue is, like, easily my favorite thing to write and honestly everything else between the dialogue tends to like frustrate me because I'm like can I just get back to people talking but um the thing that I always try to keep in mind when I'm going into Styles and Lydia dialogue in my fix is that like you know Lydia they're, they're both brilliant in their own ways and they really play off of each other really well in that regard even though you know Lydia's brilliance is like a little different than Styles's. I mean, his is more like instinctive intelligence. You know, he kind of deduces things and figures things out, whereas Lydia is, you know, her knowledge is really encyclopedic and objective for the most part. But like the way that they banter with each other, especially in the show, it always seems, even in early seasons when like, you know, he's very clearly putting her up on a pedestal and, you know, Lydia Martin's the best thing to happen to this town and everything. It's like, they very clearly seem to be equals, like, when they're just talking to each other and, like, sniping at each other and bantering with each other. And I think that, you know, any kind of extreme, well, not extreme, but any kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, well, let's just, any kind of important emotional interaction between them would probably fall under the pretense of, like, that same kind of snappy banter that they fall into so easily because especially after all they've been through, it kind of becomes a defense mechanism, especially when they have to actually confront these feelings that have been, you know, stewing and developing in such complex ways that maybe they haven't even been aware of over the course of the years that they've known each other. So, like, even in, like, emotional scenes or scenes where I'm trying to, like, make something big happen, like, I I, I try to keep in mind that, like, they're still a couple of scared kids trying to sort out their feelings and like they're probably going to joke or say, you know, something snarky and then there'll be something buried within that that only the other will be able to spot or understand. It's really hard though. <laughs> like they're really hard to write. Cause like, especially Lydia's dialogue. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, she's supposed to be like a mad genius. And I can't even do long division without having to write it down. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> That was a really long-winded answer. I'm sorry. No, I like... No, you're absolutely right. Um, First of all, you don't like writing prose? No. (laughs) It's like such a drag. No. uh, I have to make it sound all poetic and have to make things happen. (laughs) I mean, if you don't like writing prose, there is no (laughs) hope for the rest of us because I feel exactly the same way. I'm like... I'm reading your prose and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a chance that one day I could love this. (laughs) But no, apparently you don't, so I am done. (laughs) I mean, I love it when I'm finished with it and then I look back on it and I'm like, oh, hey, this is pretty good. But like in the moment when I'm writing it, I'm like, ugh. (laughs) 
I'm just like, I feel like I'm dragging on and like yeah. getting super boring. And like, I know that for me, reading like six paragraphs about all of the things that they're thinking while they stare at each other is like super thrilling. But when I'm writing it, I'm like, oh my God. Like, you're describing Styles and Lydia. A, I have a funny relationship with prose. <laughs> You're describing Styles and Lydia like, um, like their freaking 2005 Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> like Lizzie and Darcy just like <laughs> staring at each other for hours, and like everybody knows what's going on, like, but like there's it is like, a truth universally acknowledged that every like man must be in want of a Lydia Martin. That's perfectly reasonable because she's the best and she's amazing. The end. <laughs> this is a perfect segue. Let's talk about Lydia. <laughs> um, so I noticed that. <laughs> you properly hate Peter Hale <laughs> and I, he is the worst and he needs to die. Yeah. I Has was, he died yet? I'm, I'm a little behind. Is he dead? He is still kicking around. <laughs> yeah. He, I he really, one job. I hope he's the final villain of the series and that he ends up like actually actively dying, which is yeah, a like, strange way to phrase French, that. But I hope that Scott like royally wrecks his shit at the end of this show. Like, no, absolutely. then I would be able to forgive so much and be like, "All right, Wolf, you're all right. You're okay Scott now." Scott has to still be a true alpha though, so he can't kill Peter. I'm thinking Lydia Martin just like stabs him with scissors and he's dead. Yes, my ideal scenario. <laughs> well, that's what, what um just, like tases him to death. And agitation uh, of hands is about that, right? I or, I'm, yes. I'm mixing up. Am I mixing up titles? No, no, no. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that um. Well, I feel like that one came out kind of poorly realized, but the scene where she kills him was okay. That I can say I'm okay. Proud of. Air quotes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> this entire thing is just me fangirling over you. I truly, deeply apologize. I wanted to no, ask it's you. Fine. I'm just like, I'm sorry that I'm just sitting here like, I don't believe you the whole time because it's like, I'm like actually super honored and humbled and you're super sweet. So. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> um. Okay, so Jackson or Peter, if you could punch one of them in the face, who would you pick? Peter. Okay. Didn't even have to think about that. No, one. I mean, like, it would probably hurt because he has very sharp true. teeth. But it would be worth it in defense of my main girl, Lydia Martin. Yeah. I mean, Jackson, he's he's just like a little brat, like, and whatever. He's like across the ocean now. He's not going to be causing anybody any problems. He's probably going to like fall down a sewer manhole in London and get eaten by an alligator because they have those in London, probably, right? And I'll be like, <laughs> eh, okay. No, whatever. Like, by Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> True <laughs> Jackson like, VP. People acknowledge it because it's Jackson, and they'll be like, "Huh, we haven't heard from Jackson in a while." And then they're like, "Oh well." Like, I, I, th I feel like comparatively, Peter has done way more egregious things than you know. Where are you getting your juice? Like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, I irrationally hate Jackson and I will fully admit that but like what I really he's like, he's like super gross but I mean oh. and I would totally not he got like run over by a train but yeah <laughs> no me like, neither <laughs> so where did you start falling in love with Lydia like what was the part of the story where you went oh this is my favorite character on Teen Wolf Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I think that it happened as early as season one when she and Styles go to the dance together and he gives her that whole monologue about like, you're going to win a Nobel prize and everything. And she just gets this like super like 
bashful smile on her face and she just corrects him and goes, Fields Medal. And I'm like, oh, an angel. <laughs> like, like, I just love how, I don't know, that was like the moment when it really, I, I've like always just loved the conceit of Lydia. Like, sorry, not like she's conceited, but like the concept no, of I her. Know. Just that she's like this super brilliant genius, but she like hides it just because she thinks that she can get farther in life based on, you know, the social structure of the world. If she focuses more on being like pretty and manipulative and getting people to do what she wants. But like, I just really loved the sort of merging of those stereotypes. Like she's super fashionable and she's super feminine and she likes gossip and boys and all this stuff. But she also like, knows what the freaking, what was it, the Raymond hypothesis? I already forgot what it is. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And it's like, like, I love that. I, Because, I, like, you don't really see characters like that a whole lot. You know, they're usually either one or the other. Yeah. But, like, just the fact that she's balancing these two aspects of herself, especially early on before she learns to, like, merge them because they're both part of who she is rather than, like, she has to be one or the other. That always really fascinated me, and I was really... I, I really loved getting to see her grow. The thing about the relationship that we're seeing between the two of them on Teen Wolf is that, like you and also like me, Styles sees, you know, both sides of Lydia simultaneously. And I think okay. that a huge part of his character is built around him loving both of those sides equally and just, like, applying them to her as a person without substituting one for the other or liking one side better than he likes the other side. Yeah, like, th that's something that was so important about them to me from the very beginning is that Styles, you know, even if he starts out kind of immature about the whole thing, he sees Lydia for who she is and he accepts it. And she, her whole life, has just been trying to be what other people want her to be, but he just wants her to be herself. And, like, I, I always really loved that. <clears throat> that is such a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always say that um, the reason we're all here is because we see these two characters, like, mutually respecting each other. And yes. um, what was, like, the first moment for you where you kind of realized that, like, there could be, like, an equal respect there and that that was going to become a thing that was going to happen? Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to dig through the annals of my Teen Wolf memory here. Um, you know, interestingly, I remember most of all, there was, it was something that was outside of canon, actually, but um, it was something that Jeff Davis said, and I cannot remember the direct quote now, and I'm sorry, but you are an expert, so you probably will remember <laughs> it. But um, it's, it's, it's the one that he said about how, um, you know, he wanted to catalog Styles's crush on Lydia into a possibly, like, more adult love and a more mature love rather than just the like she's so amazing and she's so pretty and like i'm a teenage boy and i want to kiss her a lot like oh my god do you know the quote that i'm talking about i do and the worst part is that as soon as you said jeff davis quote i knew which one it was gonna be <laughs> it's like the one but like yeah I remember like discovering that and I, I can't remember like at which point the show was in when i first read that but like just seeing it it like put all of the incommunicable feelings that I had been having about this ship into like the exact words. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what styles and Lydia is. And that is why I love it. 
Let's go over what you think about Lydia's development when it comes to falling for Styles because I feel like everybody kind of knows where Styles is at at all times, basically. Um, even yeah, when the script like writers try to trick us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm wondering what you think about that. Like such a like, he he just like bears himself to everybody because he can't help it. He's just like a bundle of energy and feeling. And Lydia is so much more reserved because like she's still figuring herself out and she doesn't want anybody to have an in while she's at this like vulnerable state. So she's just kind of like, Nope, I'm going to be very cool and I'm going to be very smart and you are not going to know anything else, but there's so much more going on. Yeah. I'm like a little bit in love with you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like wow you get her so much i'm like gonna cry please keep talking about this for 10 minutes (laughs) oh my god like actually 10 minutes hang on let me set on my timer because i probably could but like honestly my timer's got nine minutes left for five of those um anyway so gosh um i mean lydia part of the reason i think why I love her so much and I love, you know, just how in just, I just love thinking about her and analyzing her is because she's like easily one of my favorite remarkably specific character archetypes, like just the emotionally distant and reserved brilliant girl who like secretly has so much love to give inside of her, but she like, holds it in because she, you know, wants, she she like wants to be more than just love because love makes you vulnerable and love makes you hurt. And wouldn't it be easier if you just never had to get hurt? Like uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed examining about Lydia in this fix specifically was her opinion on love, because I feel like just as a scientist and intellectual logical thinker from the beginning, love would seem like kind of a, wishy-washy concept because it's something that she can't understand and she can't put a label on and therefore it's of no use to her because she needs to be in a world where everything makes sense so that she can control it and so that she can get what she wants and love doesn't let her do that like and especially you know speaking as a child of divorced parents I was like okay Lydia would probably kind of be like me when I was younger and seeing that happen would start to question like okay is love even a real thing? Like, is love really all that it's cracked up to be? And eventually she would decide that, no, it wasn't. And, like, I'm going to be better than all of those, like, doe-eyed girls in the movies, and I'm going to actually do something with myself. And, like, she, you know, falls in love with Jackson, like, as much as it disgusts me to say that. It's, like, an inextricable part of her character, I feel like, just on the road to becoming who she is, she has to accept that she had some kind of a feeling for Jackson. But I really do believe that when he, air quotes, died, it like briefly tore her apart because that was one of the most intimate connections that she had ever had with anybody. And, you know, even though it was Jackson and there wasn't really that much going on, like Mm -hmm. it was still something and it was more than she had given to anybody else. And like just feeling that, like rip her apart when she sees him die and feeling that like heart stopping confusion of like, Oh my God, somebody close to me is dead and I can't do anything about it. And this is the first time I haven't been able to do anything about something since Peter like insidiously slid his way into my consciousness. Like just 
I feel like after that, she would especially be like, no, X on love. No, thank you. But like Styles like reminds her that like, it's okay. Like I, I had a headcanon a while ago that like, you know, a lot of people were hollering about, but I put it on Tumblr that like, you know, after her parents got divorced, she was like really torn up about it because she was just a little kid and like all of the illusions of that love is real and love conquers all that movies had been telling her her whole life were like completely dashed. But Styles like catches her crying alone in the bathroom and he doesn't say anything. He doesn't ask her what's wrong. He doesn't do anything like that. He just says like, I promise love is real. I promise. And like, I feel like Lydia discovering that that's true and learning to negotiate the vulnerability and the elation that love gives you with the clinical, with the logical, with the things that she can understand is a really important part of her development. And I've always loved exploring that in fic. I've always, always loved exploring her, like this, like icy, brilliant world rending goddesses capacity for love and how it all converges, not just on styles, but on the whole pack and all of these new people that she's befriended is just like, my heart, that's my shit, sign me the fuck up, etc. That was a really long answer, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hope you got all of it. I am too emotional to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was worried that you froze for a second again, and I was like, am I going to have to say all of that again? Because I am going to throw my dresser. Like, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I... Need some time. Martin is the best. Goodbye. Podcast over. The end. Um. No, I like have a key. My cue tag. My tag for Lydia on Tumblr is um actual ice queen Lydia Martin because um I I feel like there's so many layers to just how icy she is um and I think that it's really important to note that that layer is still there and it's still inside of her you know she probably has to fight against it a lot because every part of her intrinsically screams like don't be vulnerable like don't let people see Mm -hmm. the parts of you that aren't ice and aren't carefully sculpted into the Mm -hmm. person that you want them to see into this fabrication that she created and um the fact that i truly like deeply look forward to her character learning how to be more open with malia with scott with styles um everybody everybody the fact that that's a reality that we're actually seeing on the show that we started with this girl who only ever let herself connect jackson because he was this i mean to me they had like a kennedy marriage it was like a political alliance yeah um but you know that turned into something real and the fact that something else is going to turn into something real for her and whether whether that's styles or whether it's the pack um mm-hmm. i think it already is the pack the, yeah i mean for sure. it, and it was allison too the fact that that real <laughs> thing is happening for her and we're seeing it and we're seeing that develop is just the magic of lydia martin yeah like she's just she is the reason that i keep coming back to the show i yeah. mean like on several occasions i've kind of i've kind of been like like, especially after the whole Allison death, I was like, I'm not going back to Teen Wolf. I'm through. And then, like, it's like, we have Lydia Martin. It's, like, dangling her in front of me like a carrot. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> They stumbled onto this, like, character accidentally. And they she is the best thing they've created. I will stand yeah. by that. 
I agree wholeheartedly. Well, all right. We are both styles. <laughs> Sorry, styles. <laughs> we're, no, we're both like literally styles. It's like this podcast has just turned into like, man, Lydia sure is great, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, man. Lydia is so cool. I love Lydia so much. Like, this is like Styles' diary. <laughs> yes, like I understand now what it means to be Styles Stalinsky. I mean, apart from the whole like staying up for 48 hours at a time and doing weird, crazy sure, sure. shoulder sculptures on the wall. But, like, <laughs> I feel like Styles' like, entire personality is just like, oh, squirrel! Lydia. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's just like Lydia, 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 squirrel, Lydia, 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 Lydia. Like, honestly, I choose to believe that that's part of the reason why Styles is typically easy for me to write because, like, I'm like, okay, I know exactly how this feels to be Styles. You love Lydia Martin 95% of the time. You're done. Cool. And you're like 5% sad. It's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> of the time loving Lydia Martin, 5% of the time sad. (laughs) Maybe like 85-15 depending on the season, but like it's usually within that range. That is some fast math. (laughs) I am a mathematical genius and I will win a Nobel uh, Fields Medal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to talk to you forever, but unfortunately... I have a time limit, which, believe me, I wish I could, like, lie to you and tell you that I didn't, but I do. (laughs) Um, It's totally fine. I, like, I expect that the people listening to this podcast will be relieved to not have to listen to me pontificate about Lydia Martin any longer. (laughs) I I personally feel as though you could probably have your own podcast and just, like, ramble (laughs) about Lydia. Like, I... Episode one, Lydia is great. Episode two, Lydia is super great. Episode three, Lydia is the best. <laughs> episode four, it's just episode one from Styles' point of view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bonus so, This is Styles Delinsky. I know there's a lot of crazy shit going on in town right now, but have you heard about how great Lydia is? <laughs> That's literally season three. <laughs> <laughs> literally, it is. This is not even a figurative. He's just, like, just like, y'all, I know that there's like a crazy, oh my God. No, not Moldorak. That's a Zelda boss. Durak. Durak. I got you. (laughs) I know that there's a crazy Durak running around town, but like, Lydia just saved my life and it was hot shit. (laughs) She's the best. (gasps) Oh my gosh. How did you react to that kiss? (laughs) I know it was 2013, but I'm still kind of reeling from it. (laughs) Okay. I have a very specific story about this. No way. My cousin was visiting from Kentucky and I was sitting in my bedroom and I was like, oh my God, that's right. The Styles and Lydia kissing episode of Teen Wolf is on tonight. Because I think that they had shown that to us in like a brief preview and it was like, oh my God. And like, I had to figure out a way because my cousin was like in there watching football or something. Waste. What a waste of time. Stidious kissing. So um, I went out to the TV room and tried to subtly conceal that I wanted to watch Teen Wolf. And, but he heard me. I was like, can I watch Teen Wolf? He's like, Teen Wolf? I'm like, yes. He's like, sure. And he, you know, switches to the channel and he decides for some reason to stay in there and watch it with me. I guess just because he knew preemptively that it was going to fuck me up and he wanted to be there and witness this like emotional breakdown. But you know, the kiss happened (laughs) And I'm sitting there on the couch, and my cousin from Kentucky is on the couch next to me. And I just, like, 
cover my face and I'm like watching it through my fingers like I'm watching a horror movie except I'm just like it's so beautiful that if I look at it with full eyes it will be like looking at the face of God and I will die on the spot and like I like start making these keening noises and just going like "Ah, ah," and my cousin just looks over at me and he goes Gwen which is my actual name but like it was just like yes this is me. This is what I've become. And then I went into my bedroom and I listened to Start of Time on repeat for three hours and I cried. The end. <laughs> Just like by emotional, like, you know, uh, what's the word? Not consumption. God damn it. Emotional calmness. Sure. Like buy some emotional calmness and buy a way to escape Styles and Lydia because they keep pulling you back into this hell and you keep dying and life is terrible. Ah! Is there a way to escape them? Because I'm trying. No. <laughs> I'm going to be like 90 in the retirement home talking to my grandkid like, Dennis, I just want you to know about the time that Styles told Lydia that she looked really beautiful when she cried and the time that she saved him from a blazing inferno. <laughs> You think your love is legendary? (laughs) Think again. I'm like at my kid's wedding, like, excuse me. (laughs) This is all nice, and I'm gonna let you finish and everything, but Sarah and Lydia had the best wedding of all time. Of all time. Um, so before we go, unfortunately, we have to go because... Oh, it's fine. I'm sorry I keep babbling. (laughs) Are you kidding? This is like the like one of the top five experiences of my entire life um, and I got to play like Dolly in Hello Dolly in my high school so you'd think that that would be a like above this but it's not wow <laughs> it should be above this like uh, just speaking objectively like, <laughs> you're not speaking objectively that is way cooler than listening to me cry for half an hour I like really love Lydia and like the reason that I'm so into Stidia is because of her and the fact that I've like I'm talking to somebody who like even like from your fix I know that you intrinsically understand them the way I do but um like you you never you never write them in a way that feels inorganic to me you always write like for example a lot of people try to write um a romance novel using Styles and Lydia's names and faces but it's not really them Mm-hmm. And I know that the the place that you come from when you're writing them is this understanding of the characters and their flaws and their vulnerabilities and everything that they're hiding and not saying and everything that they do say and expanding on that and the fact that you understand the characters so deeply and care about them so deeply, it, it's just like, it it's everywhere in your writing and like hearing you speak out loud like that is just like unreal to me. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that I came across as articulate and not a babbling mess, but, like, I'm so, so happy that that comes across, honestly, because every time I write dialogue between, like, any of my ships, but especially them, I try to make every sentence, like, a glacier, you know? Like, on the top of it is just whatever it is that they're saying, but you should be able to sense something so much bigger and so much more unknowable underneath all of that, you know, something so much more powerful that's just hiding underneath all of these innocuous things that they say and that only they can understand. It's just like, mm. Oh, God. Okay, so, Comic-Con yes, story. Anyway. Before we go, Comic-Con oh story. <laughs> okay, okay, bonus <laughs> content. I'll make it quick. So, um, this last year, I went to New York Comic-Con 
And there wasn't really that much for me to do in terms of panels because everything filled up because it's New York Comic Con and it's insane. But I saw that there was a Teen Wolf panel and I was like, huh, maybe I'll try going to that. I mean, like I'm a little behind on Teen Wolf, but you know, it's something to do, right? So I go there and honestly, I remember very little about that panel except for one thing and that is Dylan Sprayberry acting like he was completely high on crack the entire time. Like, he came in with, like, sunglasses on, and for, like, the beginning of the panel, everyone was, you know, talking. Like, Tyler Posey was there, and Jeff Davis was there, and um, the guy who plays Chris Argent was there. I can't remember. J.R. Bourne. Yes, yes. J.R. Pretty um, Boy. Yes, (laughs) J.R., like, Silver Fox. Mm. um, 1010 would recommend on Yelp. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Like, please attend. But, um, and, like, Sprayberry kept, like, he kept doing these weird, like, like, these really intense, like, sniffs all of a sudden and, like, shaking. And he would, like, burst into laughter out of nowhere. Like, Tyler Posey would be mid-sentence and then Dylan Sprayberry would suddenly be like, <laughs> and, like, like, we, everybody in the audience was kind of like, is this just how he is? But, like, then all of a sudden... Mid-sentence, Jeff Davis is talking about the next season. He's, like, teasing what's going to happen. And Dylan Sprayberry just falls over flat on his face on the table. He just passes out. Just goes, like, dunk. And we're all kind of sitting there, like, is he dead? Is he fucking dead? And, like, after, like, maybe 30 seconds or something, like, just when everybody else on the panel is starting to kind of stand up and be, like, Dylan? He, like, sits bolt upright and, like, does another big sniff thing. And Tyler Posey is, he like literally asks him, you can hear this on the microphone. He goes, are you okay, man? Like, do you need to take a five? Do, do, you, do you need me to like take you off stage? And Dylan Sprayberry's like, no, man, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. That was and a like, really good impression. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a theater major? No, I was a creative, right? No, I was a French major actually, but then I didn't. Anyway. Like, <laughs> That's but, another can of worms. For like enti- this entire panel, like, they, like, ask him questions, and he just kind of, like, blinks really hard, and he's like, sorry, was that? And, like, and, like, doesn't say anything, and, like, at the end of the panel, he just, like, stands up suddenly and, like, puts his, like, two peace signs in the air, like, Richard Nixon style, and stumbles off of the stage. And we're all just kind of sitting there, like, what the fuck just happened? And then they were like, crap, now that they know about Dylan Sprayberry's drug habit, we have to throw free t-shirts at them to get them to forget about it. And it worked. But not on me. I'll never forget. <laughs> never give never. up. Never <laughs> surrender. <laughs> That's like my most treasured like IRL team memory is the time that I got to see Dylan Sprayberry completely bomb a New York Comic Con panel because he was like on PCP. Like, <laughs> it was just... And on that extremely Stidia-related note... Yes! (laughs) um, And it made me think of Stidia. No, it totally didn't. I just laughed my ass off at him. Drugs make me think of Stidia because... (laughs) Because they are like a drug, they are addicting, and they ruin your life. The end. The end! Alright, that is a great place to close off. So, um, I am Rachel, and this has been an incredible conversation with the Brella, who is... Everything. All right. I am fine. <laughs> okay. I am also fine, I say, from the floor. Bye, no. children. Goodbye, yes. Cast children. Listen to the Never Love a Wild Thing podcast. Huzzah! Bye,
hope that you enjoy it. If it's your first time reading the fic or your second time reading the fic or whatever, I'm really, really, really honored by the opportunity opportunity to be on this podcast and i'm really honored that you chose me and i really hope that you enjoy the episode because these guys are amazing they're an amazing crew of people they are thank you okay bye at cydia cast we review and discuss our favorite cydia fix if you enjoy the fic as much as we did be sure to leave the author some love and encouragement you can find us on Tumblr at the URL Cast or on Twitter at Cydia underscore cast. A huge thank you to our editor, Rosemary, Row Your Boat on Tumblr, for making this possible. And to you, our listener, for tuning into this episode. See you next time.